Hi, I'm Kushi Sethi, and this is Flipping Founders. Incoming analyst at Deloitte, pro bono consultant at Accenture, and founder of a nonprofit, having helped more than 500 people from Vancouver to Ghana to Pune. Today, I have with me Ritika Saraswat. And um, congratulations on receiving the Young Achievers Award by Indian Achievers Forum and getting your story featured in Michigan Times. Thank you. I'm from Pune in India, the UBC, to study kinesiology. That's yeah. the study of human body movement. Yeah. And then sort of starting your nonprofit, Redefined. How's your journey been like? Was it something you expected? No, I think like just like with anyone else, I don't, I feel like it's definitely not something I expected down the line because initially when I came to Canada, it was just with the hope that, you know, I'm coming to study kinesiology with the hopes of getting into medicine because I've always wanted to give back to the community. And I was like, the best way to do it, or as I was told by my parents, is to become a doctor because, you know, the, I come from a South Asian background. So it's just doctor, engineer, or lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I follow the doctor path because I love biology. But then I think when I came here, I'm also someone who loves exploring diverse fields. And I think uh, I came across opportunities in terms of like marketing and consulting, which I did along the way. And I was kind of like, and a lot of the consulting goals that I did do, they were in relation to clients that were founders of Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of realized the impact potential that they had in terms of creating on the community. And I was like, that is what kind of inspired me to do the same. Um, and that is what led me not only into consulting, but also eventually starting and founding my own nonprofit. So it's definitely not something I expected. But I think as long as you keep yourself open to exploring diverse opportunities, you do come across things which you never expected that you would be good at or uh, you never really like, I don't know, think about it. Uh, consciously but it just happens yeah yeah and i think moving on to redefine what made you want to start a non-profit well non-profit yeah so like when i actually founded my non-profit i was doing two part-time jobs and i was a student uh and i was doing uh like an internship as well but i feel like for me at that time was um I don't know, I feel like through my parents and all the background experiences I've had, I've always been taught to give back to the community and I have donated many a times, etc. But I feel like I never really felt I was creating an impact in the community. I try and do it at an individual level as well. But I think eventually I came to realize how creating an impact is something that I have to take the first step towards. I cannot expect anyone else to do it for me. So that's when I was like, you know, if I just keep waiting and say like, oh, I'll do it next year, that time never comes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we start now, we start right here. And the day I thought about it, that day itself, I started writing the outline for redefine how it's going to look like, who am I bringing on board? So I think it was something very like spontaneous for me uh, because I think when I think of something, I just execute at that moment because I know the time doesn't come again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think just starting is the hardest part. Yeah. No, you just have to like really put yourself out yeah. there and then I think that is scary for a lot of people just definitely something especially the risk-taking aspect mm-hmm. you know founding anything whether it be a startup or non-profit I think it's definitely involves a lot of risk-taking whereby there's a trade-off many times between your academics the time that you have financials mm-hmm. and other things so it comes down to what you highly prioritize in your life and uh, for me giving back to the community was a priority so yeah. I made it fit into somehow. So mm-hmm. I feel like that phrase, you know, I don't have time for this is just when you are not as passionate about something, that's when you use that phrase. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like, I know I want to do this. So I will make time no matter what. 
Yeah, and I think that's really important. And when you sort of, you know, decided, and then when you sort of told your parents and your close friends about what you're planning to do, what was their reaction? What were they supportive throughout, or were they like a little skeptical? Especially with redefine, Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like my parents have always been supportive about it, but obviously, like you know, with friends, with a lot of career advisors, especially people kind of understood why I was kind of chasing this dream, chasing this goal as much, because it was definitely something that is very personal to me. And I think it's like, I'm just uh, like, it's my passion. How do I say like, I'm crazy about just giving back and creating an impact. So no matter if I'm sick, no Mm -hmm. matter if I have exams coming up, I feel like that part of giving back to the community is always exist in some way or another. I think that just shows like the commitment your like yeah. commitment from your side and now talking about the impact you've created in such a short time because I think it's just been a year since you've started actually it's been six months since you started oh six fight. months yeah yeah so yeah providing resources and helping education and training of 500 students yeah. in a small area in Ghana and then sort of hosting a food drive downtown Vancouver east side providing free haircuts to homeless community and feeding I think more than 500 people, three, you know, course, hand-cooked meals in Pune. Yeah. It's so inspiring. And I so cannot <laughs> just imagine what were some of the challenges you faced yeah. while you were sort of coordinating this international impact <laughs> from Ghana to India to Vancouver. Yeah, you asked that question because I think a lot of people, when you post on social media about things, they imagine like a linear trajectory. Mm -hmm. Uh, between the impact you've been creating but obviously it's full of ups and downs I feel like for me one of the biggest challenges was as you said uh being like a student doing a part-time job because I also come from like humble beginnings what I like to call it as whereby I had to kind of financially support myself as well and you know managing that with creating an impact because running a non-profit is requires a lot of investment from your side not just time but also financial resources because you need funding at some point. Um, now we're lucky enough to get funding from other individuals. But initially when we were starting out, you know, whether it be in terms of uh, certain, um, I don't know, like food or certain like uh, water, bottles of water or certain menstrual pads that you have to buy, the funding came from my own pocket, which definitely was the tough part initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's just about like when something, is, there is something you're really determined towards achieving. You kind of just end up figuring out ways on how to reach those goals. And I feel like I was lucky enough to come across a great team who supported me the entire time and great collaborators who really believed in my idea when no one else did. Because we started out as like a very small student. It was only me mm-hmm. alone who was running the nonprofit for at least three months. It wow. was after three months when I was able to bring on board a team because I waited for that long because I wanted some financial funding to be there. Do you know, like mm-hmm. even maybe compensate the team in some regard? Yeah. Because I know it's not their first passion. It's mine. I think when you're like young and then when you're like a student, you're just like, oh, this person got this internship. This person got that yeah. internship. They're doing this. And you being from like kinesiology yeah. and then, you know, focusing on impact. I think yeah. a lot of people just like, they're just doing what their friends are doing. Yeah. And I think that's when they sort of like lose that sense of purpose and even identity. But I feel like when we talk about like comparison also, I feel like it's like just innate to us humans Mm -hmm. to compare. You know, even if we be the impact space, I've seen so many nonprofits. Like even myself, I'm also guilty of like comparing myself to others because who is not? Everyone wants to improve in a particular way. But I think 
there's a line you draw between comparing yourself and um, doubting yourself by doing mm-hmm. that comparison versus taking inspiration from someone through that comparison. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people tend to do the first half which is they tend to start self-doubting themselves when they see someone else progress because they're like, oh, you know, they are 14 and they're earning this much, whereas I'm 22 um, and I'm not even making half of that, you know? So I feel like it's just important to kind of uh, realize that first, even if we are comparing, because I think it's definitely in it, it's very difficult not to compare. It's important to take inspiration from that person that, mm-hmm. oh, wow, they're doing great. How about I reach out to this person and learn from them how they've been able to achieve what they have done? you know, or where they're sitting at the moment and just maybe try and not necessarily replicate, but try and modify it to fit my own life journey and life stage I'm at. Because I feel like everyone has their own time frame, timelines, and it's just important to be cognizant about that and try and just, yeah, that's why I think like networking also comes important mm-hmm. is because I have a tendency to compare, but what I have found a solution around it is just reach out to those people, talk to them about their experiences, learn from them how they did it and try and implicate those same things for yourself and then check in with them to know that, you know, am I doing the right thing according to you? Yeah. You know, it's important to take that feedback and then modify it yourself. Don't. And I think especially when it comes to like networking yeah. with social media and, you know, this yeah. comparison and now you're like, and now when we talk about the digital space, yeah. you're a LinkedIn influencer with, <laughs> you're a LinkedIn influencer with, I don't know, 10,000 followers. I Almost. last checked. Yeah. 10,000 followers. I last checked. And I think when you sort of decided to, you know, like get into the digital space and you're like posting regularly yeah. about impact networking and your life as like an international student yeah when you started out what were you sort of hoping to achieve like on linkedin specifically on linkedin yeah for me i think i started without any expectations because Mm -hmm. i think again i'm also a person who self-doubt i engage in a lot of self-doubt so it's like when i even started out i was like you know i don't think anyone's going to listen to my story but you know i was like why not to share it? Because I think LinkedIn for me kind of eventually, even now, is like this personal canvas that I use to express myself. And I think I was just lucky enough to find, uh, to have those experiences of mine resonate with others and have mm-hmm. that love and appreciation coming in, you know, which I definitely am very, very grateful for, uh, for all the LinkedIn people that actually follow me. Because I still, to date, I'm always questioning myself. I don't think I deserve this and this and that. But I think that is something I've realized will always exist. And I think now that I have so many people following me, I just feel like this kind of pressure, but it's like a good pressure, I believe. Mm-hmm. There were this pressure and this responsibility, if I were to say, better word than pressure, to kind of just make sure I'm giving out content, which is continuing to do what I've always wanted to do, which is impact and inspire people. You know, so I just wanted to create that resonance because when I initially joined LinkedIn, you know, I joined LinkedIn in like second year, which is very late compared to everyone else because I come from kinesiology. I don't come from solder. I didn't know something called networking or LinkedIn necessarily, (laughs) Uh, you know. So when I did join it, I used to always constantly see messages of people. I'm getting a job this day. Let's say hundreds of messages every single day of people getting new opportunities, awards, this and that. And then I felt like, you know, I used to feel a bit bad, even though I'm happy for that person. I used to doubt myself more. I used to feel like, what am I doing with my life? And mm-hmm. just regret and everything. And I don't think I was doing any good, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized that, you know, like when even I started getting into, you know, how you go through good and bad phases in your life. Yeah. When I think I even went through the good phase, I realized the importance of those bad phases. And I realized how 
let's say even if I post that, oh, I got a job here, I realize how some other people may feel when they see that post. Mm-hmm. So I was like, even when I'm talking about my experiences, why don't I talk about all that struggle I've been through? How yeah. I have felt when I saw people's uh, posts about getting a job or getting an award and how I felt even I wanted to achieve those things, you know. So I feel like now for me, the hope is to just be more transparent with the audience in everything I discussed about the financial aspects. I've been very like open about how like my family also went through a financial turmoil, uh, very open about my academic ups and downs, very open about my career ups and downs, you know. I've had points where people have told me that you can never get into consulting to now those same people messaging me. They're saying like, you know, you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I apologize for not believing in you initially. Not that that is what validated what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I think with also like the digital space, yeah. it is so important to just like do whatever you feel yeah. is, you know, is helpful for other people. Just put your best work out there. Yeah. And people who kind of resonate with that will reach out and that would always be haters. But, yeah. you know, that shouldn't exactly. stop you from doing what you truly believe in. I feel like it's just important to realize that just be expressive and just put it on paper. Obviously, if there's a grammatical mistake, people might mistake what you're hoping to say, which has happened many times with me. <laughs> I feel like as a student, especially as an international student, when your family is on the other side of the world yeah. and coming to like a place with different culture, what sort of habits and resources helped you face you know those ups and downs which I think most of the students face and even like being a student and a founder together and I cannot imagine the ups and downs that comes (laughs) yeah but just like in terms of like UBC I feel like I was never the student who kind of like went to the student center you know got like career advising or this and that Uh because I feel like uh not to say this is a good or a bad thing but I'm just someone I think I just like figuring things out um, by myself and I'm just a very avid believer in networking so whenever I'm not sure of something instead of like you know going to the student advising or whatever where you have to wait in line and this and that I just preferred reaching out to other students who are going through the same stage in life mm-hmm. so let's say now I'm applying for my work permit instead of going through the student advising section um, I would reach out to some of my friends maybe who have already gotten their work permits and how they did it and just follow the same process as them you know so I feel like for me a lot of it came from there uh, yeah just optimizing uh whatever time you have because as we say you know there's this phrase i don't like that phrase that says i don't have enough time because i feel like yes that can happen like maybe if you're the president of a country or something but i'm just saying it's like it's all about creating time for things obviously you cannot do hundreds of things together but i think if you prioritize what's most important then you can definitely make time Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's also this sort of aspect from society that you know I think I was talking to this friend of mine about like the podcast I'm starting and then you know like he asks me that you know Kushi like you know has this sort of fear of being judged by others ever stopped you from doing what you truly believed in and I said no not until like recently and then this like thoughts were coming that like should I start a podcast who will listen to it like what would it be like and then I was just like let's just start let's just let's just go for it and whatever will happen we'll see will happen yeah yeah and then uh, that story um I saw on your LinkedIn was so moving about sort of like your mom's jewelry yeah would you like to talk about that yeah sure I feel like for me honestly I think um 
I don't know, like, as I'd mentioned before also, like, on my LinkedIn also, I've been very expressive with the audience in terms mm-hmm. of how my family went through, like, a financial turmoil because of COVID, as a lot of families... Families have, think, yeah. Especially a lot of international student families. And I think a lot of people didn't talk about it. But I know it was a reality, as I saw from my close friends and family. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, for me also, like, you know, going through that phase, now hopefully things are better, touch wood. And I feel like when that happens, you kind of just realize the importance of things you had before. So, you know, like... A very simple thing in that case is jewelry, which I think I remember when we went through that turmoil, we had to sell off a few things because me and my sister both were getting education abroad. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's definitely expensive, as we know. It's like, and Vancouver is no cheap place. Exactly, Vancouver is no yeah. cheap place to be at. Yeah. And living on campus, you know, so it is definitely expensive. So no matter if you do two, three part-time jobs, you know, like I mean, you can't even do three part-time jobs. It's minimum wage. Exactly, it's minimum yeah. wage. Plus, you cannot cross a certain number of hours and you have to get good grades so that you can get scholarships, you know. So I had to maintain a few scholarships as well and therefore maintain those grades at the same time work. So I feel like for me, it was a very big achievement when me and my sister, we worked hard. Uh, I think it was in our second year when we told our parents, okay, you no need to financially support us anymore. You just make sure you pay for our tuition. Everything else we'll make sure we do ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, while we were doing that, we were also making sure we we're saving up money. And I think uh, after, I think, like eight months or something, we were eventually able to save up a decent amount of money. And we went to Pandora and we bought a jewelry. Obviously, it's nowhere close to what my mom's owned before, you know, or owns currently. But I think it just felt like a small step towards something bigger we hopefully want to do one day. I hope next time it's Tiffany's. Uh, (laughs) And I feel like even for my parents, like for my mom, it was a big deal. And I think it was a big deal not because of the amount of the money that we Mm -hmm. spent but it was kind of the thought behind it because even she knew as you know uh students or as children of our parents like you know because we've been brought up in a certain lifestyle and suddenly adapting to a new one especially like in a foreign country you know not just that like you know when we came to canada because it was pre-covid and everything you know things are great and this and that you didn't have to do a part-time job i was not doing a part-time job initially you know like i was chilling on my parents money this and that going to wreck peace yes exactly but i think when all of that happened that's when i kind of got that reality check and i'm very happy that it happened because Mm -hmm. i feel like it's helped me become the person i'm today i think any of the awards or anything i've got into like you know a lot of people think oh you know it's been very easy for her whatever but i feel like it's definitely i know people have it you know i've been fortunate enough to have it like still be able to recover from that Mm -hmm. but i feel like yeah that's why i think i just want to point this out is because any of those awards or anything that you do see online it's not uh doesn't happen overnight you know yeah definitely something that takes time and this is definitely just the beginning you know i also want to say that like for me it's never been oh win this award that means i've accomplished it Never, mm-hmm. you know? It's more about the journey. Yes, a- also, with when, you know, COVID came, I think yeah. a lot of people's bubble bursted, yeah. you know? And, like, I know that was such a big shift because there were people in their fancy yachts, in their fancy yeah. mansions, you know, just taking, yeah. like, a break from everything and they're yeah. like safe and there are other people who are literally, like, dying in the hospitals. They, I remember in India when I was yeah. there in Delhi, people were, like, I don't know, paying so much money for just oxygen cylinders at home. Hospitals were full. There was no place to, like, cremate the bodies. And I think just seeing that sort of adversity before coming here gave me a very good reality check as dreams were also crushed. I know, like, a lot of friends, they had, like, their finances in check before COVID and then COVID happened and it was all gone. Like, it was all gone. And I'm talking about, like, four to five years of hard work. 
yeah. all just gone because of something that you cannot even control. Yeah. I think a lot of people's bubble like burst it. And I think now it just made them stronger. Yeah. I think yeah. nothing made them stronger. Yeah. No, it's definitely, I think, difficult. And I also want to say anyone who went through it, like, you don't always have to recover 100% from it. Or there mm-hmm. isn't a timeline to recover. Because I think when people think about coming out of like a dip in life, I don't even yeah. want to call it a dip, but rather this extra push that you need in life sometimes. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people also start comparing in terms of how fast you bounce back. But I think that yeah. should also not be something you compare on because again, everyone's time frame is different. Everyone's context is different. You know, mm-hmm. there may be different reasons on why that push may have happened in your life. So it's important to be again cognizant about that. You know, like and I feel like everyone's prone to this. So it's just very important sometimes to whenever you read something, whenever you read a news, whenever you hear a student's story, whenever you hear a friend's story, or look at your own story, it's important to look at it from a third person's perspective. And actually like Pay emphasis to every single word you hear because I think that allows you to kind of realize the contextual specificity behind it and mm-hmm. not necessarily start comparing it right away to yourself. Yeah. Like I shared a post recently which said that Obama, for example, he retired at the age of 55, whereas Trump started at the age of 70. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's important to be aware of the life journeys and everything. I have yeah. read about people who started at 80 years old and now are billionaires. You know, yeah. so they became billionaires at the age of 85, versus you have 14-year-olds who are becoming millionaires at the age of 14. But guess what? Their context is very different. The cultural mm-hmm. context is different. Their economic context. The parental households they come from are different. The relationships that their parents share are different. You know, so I think just becoming cognizant of that context aspect yeah. helps a lot at times. Yeah, I think also yeah. sort of talking about like where they started from and yeah. now where they are. I feel like... And how long it took them. To how long them. it took them. Yeah. And I think that's something people should definitely focus on instead of like, oh, like this is where they are today. But like you don't know where they were like 10 exactly. years back or like five yeah. years back and what they were doing. Maybe they yeah. were working day and night. Yeah. Like you don't know. Exactly. And I think it also comes down to the... I don't want to put this responsibility on everyone, but I think it becomes, I sometimes feel a responsibility if you were to say a creator. I don't Mm -hmm. consider myself a creator, but if you think yourself as a creator, then I think the responsibility comes down to us also to make sure whenever we share any of our successes or any of the opportunities we have been fortunate to come across, it's important to talk about the history behind those opportunities. Mm -hmm. It's important to talk about how long it took for you to come across those opportunities, how many rejections you had to go through to come across that opportunity. Because that then what it does is, it doesn't let people feel bad about themselves when they read that post. Because it helps them instead get inspired because you're showing them the life journey that went behind and telling them how you were able to do it Instead of just directly stating that, you know, oh, I got a job here, it's better when you maybe state how after maybe 50 rejections you were able to land this job. Or maybe how after, I don't know, 50 hours a week you were able to land this job. Because then that doesn't create comparison, but it creates an inspiration. Crazy is that I remember on one of my posts, someone commented saying that even having that risk-taking ability at times is a privilege. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. I realized after that comment, I don't remember the name of the person, so I apologize for that. But I was so surprised because I realized that, damn, yeah, the fact that I was even able to take a risk of doing a few things, even a lot of founders, it is a privilege because I feel like you cannot take that risk when you do not have other options. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like when I initially came in, the reason I started redefined 
um, like six to eight months ago and not even earlier was because at that moment was when the right post-COVID area uh, season, if I were to say, when the finances were low. So I knew my priority at that time was getting income to support myself financially, maybe Mm -hmm. even give back to my parents a little bit. So at that time, I knew that this risk-taking, this investing of money and everything to create an impact was not not something in my books, even if it was something I terribly wanted to do because I know it could compromise other things at home, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like that's when even I kind of, now that I reflect, I realize how it's a privilege in itself. And I think uh, that's why when you have that privilege, use it. Because use, it. use it while it lasts. Yeah, use it while it lasts because it doesn't last long. It doesn't. You know? Yeah, it could be because of finances. It could be because of the life stage you're at. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. when you get into a career um, or you get into a family, you know. You know, the privilege. Yeah. That today, here we are, two <laughs> girls born and raised in India. Yeah. Sitting in beautiful British Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> and just talking about the experiences we've had. Yeah. And a lot of people do not get to even, I think, just, like, leave the area they were born in because their family's depending on them or maybe even there are health issues. I know know COVID definitely sort of created this, like, wow, health is, like, a pretty big thing. If you don't not have health, you have nothing. You absolutely have nothing. And I feel like also it's, like, in the morning, I was actually interviewing someone and even I realized through like talking about it, like recently, we're doing collaboration with two other organizations for the Ghana, the education mm-hmm. of the 500 students. And it's so surprising that you realize how fortunate you are because we have this table here, we have these chairs, we have these fancy mics, you know, like this is also such a privilege because a lot of the schools there, they don't have tables and chairs, a lot of sitting on the floor and studying. Now imagine how discouraging that can be to certain students, you know, who are Asian. And now you bring them to a place which isn't even appealing as much, you know. You mm-hmm. don't have a proper board and this and that. So I feel like it just makes you just realize like how things that we take for granted, like a table and a chair. Like for me, it seems very like simple. So, you know, and it was so shocking to me that that is also something that could mean so much to no. those children. It could actually mean an education that could impact their lifetime, their careers, and so much more, you know? So I think, yeah, just kind of keeping yourself open to diverse experiences and ideas really helps you realize that. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming to Flipping Founders yeah. and sharing about your story and your journey. And I wish you best of luck thank for you. this new chapter <laughs> in your life. And I know you're going to be absolutely amazing. I think I really feel honored uh, so thank oh, you for thank inviting you. me and uh, I hope I was able to do well yes uh, of course <laughs> yeah and yeah best of luck with your podcast I think what you're doing is great and I'm just excited to see where you take it hope you found this episode helpful see you next Thursday